This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Welcome to The Blank Podcast, the podcast where we talk to well-known people about their lives, their careers, and how they navigate those difficult moments along the way. I'm Giles Payne Phillips, and with me is Jim Daly. Hello, 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 hello. How are you? I can see, sorry to say how are you, and then it's Karen talking. That's incredibly bad um, conversation skills. I'm looking at myself in the uh, in the Zoom. I can see I've got a sty below my oh, eye. Can you see that there? down, are you? Yeah, I've had it for a about 10 days now gold it's, ring it's excuse me <laughs> um a good cure for styes is a gold ring you rub a gold ring on it oh or any, or any kind of gold if you've got some gold no, my, why yeah, yeah rub your wedding ring on it and it'll go away yeah, i'm gonna do this live on the podcast yeah no, well, we'll take your right ring off i'll take your ring off <laughs> don't do it with your hand like, like doing like this no no you just get your ring and then just rub it across it yeah, this is so. He, for the not listeners, he's, for he's actually still, he's quite do commentary. The eye it. is painful, though, isn't it? Not, not painful. Not, it's awkward. Yeah, you have to sort of be a bit. Yeah, you can't just dab it like you're doing. You have to sort of really. Um, Are you sure about this? It's Seriously, like an old wives' tale. No, it does work. I had one once, and um, yeah, someone rubbed a gold ring on it and went away. Right, it's still, who rubbed a gold ring on it? <laughs> Someone. <laughs> Some well, stranger. it was a, a family member, like my dad <laughs> yeah. or something, I think. Um, yeah. You went down the pub and someone was like, yeah. come here. Oh, I got this. I got this covered. <laughs> All right. I'm going to report little... back on that. It hasn't gone yet, but I will. Uh, well, no, it doesn't. Will... <laughs> <laughs> it's not instant, Kia. You have to sort of I'll do it. I'll report back on that. Yeah, you're being too, you need to be a bit more rigorous with it. You can't just sort of dab it like you're doing. I don't like pressing stuff in my eyes. They're, they're, well, uh... you close your eye when you do it normally. Um, anyway. Okay. Yeah, you've got to rub, actually has... rub it anyway. So if anyone's got any other tips for getting rid of yeah. styes that aren't rubbing a gold ring on it. <laughs> Please let me know, because I've had it for 10 days now, and it's, uh, I think I'm just run down, but it's it doesn't yeah. look good. It doesn't look good. It looks. It's not a good it's look, no. Good, no, it's not a good look. Anyway, uh, you, are, you are looking good. 
Like, how are you? Well, Zoom's got these filters now, so uh, <laughs> you can look, uh, you can sort of, yeah, you can airbrush out any styes. Uh, I need, yeah, well, you can't. I mean, it'd be good if you could. I yeah. need a sty remover. Mm. Um, but it's not too bad. I think it's one of these things that if you point it out like I have, you probably now... I wouldn't have noticed it, mate. More than I would have not exactly. noticed it. But, yeah, anyway, try the gold ring thing again. Um, and to see if it works for you. But anyway, okay. apart other than feeling run down, you're how are you doing? I'm okay. Yeah, I'm not too bad actually. Um, can I do a bit of admin at the top of the show? Of course. Or some promo. Can I do some promo? Because we, we do have a comedian on today, Rich Wilson, very experienced, very lovely comedian, um, who talks about his career and all sorts, really, actually, on this episode. Um, but can I promote some shows I'm doing? Because I know I'm really bad at doing this, so I thought I might as well do it early doors and get it mm. done. Um so I am doing my show, uh, which you saw, which was untitled, and you, you saw it last year. It's now got a title. And the title is Jim Daly Football and Fatherhood, because the show, funny enough, is about football and fatherhood. And I thought, if you, if you just tell people what it is, maybe they'll... Well, that's know. the world we live in now, man. You have to sort of basically sort of spell it out to people what it I think is. If you're, if you're like a famous comedian, you can do like a punny, a funny punny sort of yeah. title. But if you're not, like me, you need to just like... Tell people so you is. couldn't think of a funny punny one, so you just <laughs> basically I couldn't think of one. Yeah, so uh, so I just went straight in with what it is. Anyway, yeah. it's it's called Football and Fatherhood, and that's basically what the show is about: bringing up a daughter and sort of how my love of football helped. And it's got Tony Cascarino in it as well. Oh, well, it's going to. So, yeah. I mean, I've seen the show; it's very good. Thank you very much. Um, so I was supposed to be doing it part of Vaux Festival, which I think I mentioned in the first part of the show of the year, but that got cancelled. The whole festival got cancelled, not just not just my show. Um, but it's been rehoused, so I'm doing that again in March. Um, at the Museum of Comedy in central London on Thursday, 24th of March, 7pm show, eight quid tickets or two for 12 with the code Cascarino. Nice. So uh, if you've got a mate, you can you come along and save some money. Um, so that's on 24th of March. I'm then doing it, if you're based in Leicester or you live near Leicester or any of the towns, cities around it, I'm at the Leicester Comedy Festival on Saturday, February the 19th at 4.15pm at a venue called the LCB Depot, which is like sort of an arts hub venue. Um, that one's actually free slash pay what you want. Uh, so if you mm. live in the Midlands, you can come and see the show for free if you fancy it. Or, or Do you have to pay before or afterwards? I think you can, I think you can possibly book a seat um, for nothing. Or, or I think maybe at the end to chuck a few quid in the bucket or, or something like that. Or, um, or a yeah, because then it becomes a bit kind of awkward, doesn't it? Because... Yeah, kind of. That's kind of the model of the Edinburgh Fringe. And I think mm. people do that at Edinburgh Fringe. That's uh, interesting. Um, sort of buckets at the end of stuff. But but yeah, welcome to come see it for free. To be honest, I'd just like an audience, to be honest. Um, and then I'm doing it in Brighton again, as I did last year on Sunday, May the 29th, again at 4.15pm at the Caxon Arms, and that is five quid. There are links to tickets for all of those shows on my website, jimdailycomedy.com slash gigs. Um, so if you live in any of those places and fancy coming to see me, then uh, please do buy a ticket. It'd be lovely uh, to see some blank listeners um, at any of those shows. Or black, well, blank hosts as well, because I'll be at the Brighton one. Yes. You'd be, oh, I'd love to see you then. You'd be doubling up. So you'd be the first person to see it twice. Yeah. Um, You're a super so fan. Get some sort of, get some, a super fan. Get some sort, might get you a badge of some sort. Some sort <laughs> of, uh, yeah, some sort of logo. That's yeah, great, man. Um, well, you sound like you're very busy with gigs. That's good. And to think yes. all those years ago when we started this pod, yeah. you weren't doing any. Yes, it's given me the impetus to do my own stuff. Like I, getting booked for like club nights and stuff is still, I don't have that many, but uh, it's given me the impetus to do my own show, which is actually so much fun. So yeah, that's really exactly. Good. And it's nice doing your own stuff, isn't it? 
definitely like definitely it gives you a bit more freedom to, yeah. to do whatever really so and, and, and I'm, I'm lucky about three lovely venues that I show as well so mm. um which is half the battle is finding a good venue Absolutely. Um, so i'm very lucky where i've been housed there so um yeah and the shows you know it's a fun it's a, you've seen it it's a sweet fun very nice show. yeah it's, it's just a nice gentle sort of show so if you fancy a gentle hour of silly comedy then uh then please do come along Brilliant. Well, and like you said, talking of comedy, we've got a brilliant comedian on the show today. It's Rich Wilson, uh, a prolific stand-up. I mean, he he's gigging all the time. Uh, and he's got also got an excellent podcast called Insane in the Membrane, which is all about men talking about mental health, and uh, which he talks to all sorts of people on. And that, that's really fantastic as well. Yeah, and Rich is just a really top guy, just a really lovely, lovely man, and it was great having a chat with him. We could have talked for ages, couldn't we? Well, I think we did an hour and a half in the end, mm. so it's one of our longer ones, and we could have definitely chatted for ages. The first half hour, as I was talking about music, he's mm. very easy guy to talk to, yeah. right up our street. You know, a, 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 a good broadcaster, a funny guy, uh, someone in tune with sort of mental health is which is what he does for this podcast right up our street yeah. for this podcast and unsurprisingly incredibly easy to talk to as well so it was uh, an absolute joy having rich on and uh, i'm sure our listeners are going to enjoy this episode but before we do that mm. shall we read out some tweets from our lovely listeners Yes, I've got one here from Fiona Harding. She's brand new listener. She said, I've just subscribed to this. This is, uh, as some of the listeners will know, we've been doing, going back through the archive since we passed 150 episodes. And uh, she's been listening to the Dawn French one. And she said, yeah, late, late to the party, but this looks really great. And yeah, she's put that on the audiogram of, of Dawn's episode, which was another one of Dawn's amazing sage moments yes. from that episode it was a great episode and and welcome it's so nice when we get into new people mm. uh joining our our little family which is great um here's someone that we know has been with us for a while it's christopher connelly who we love to bits and he said listening to the daniel mays episode which is a cracking episode great one uh, and daniel getting heckled by his own dog on blank podcast has been the best part of my commute this week hilarious i can imagine christopher cracking up on his commute so uh, and that was a great a great part of a great episode with daniel it was yeah i love that episode it was a brilliant episode yeah lots of really great insights into acting and yeah some really lovely stories and anecdotes on that one so yeah thanks christopher for listening uh and shall we move on with this week's episode? We certainly more should. great anecdotes, more great advice, and lots of funny bits as well. Uh, it's the one and only Rich Wilson on the Blank Podcast. Where have you been? It's been all right. It's been all right. Um... Sad news today, meatloaf, man. I saw that. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I, I'm really Can't sad. It. It's funny, isn't it? Because I was th- I was thinking, it's like, um, obviously, like, social media is horrible. But mm. actually, in these moments, when when someone, especially like a cult hero, like someone like meatloaf, there's this sort of outpouring of grief. And it, it's actually quite nice. It's like we, we come together in these moments a little bit. And I thought it was actually quite nice seeing all the little tributes and stuff to him this morning. Well, this is it. And I like growing up, I was never a massive fan of his music so much, but I, I just liked him. I thought he was, yeah. every time I saw him in interviews, he was a great guy, he seemed. And then, you know, being in Rocky Horror, which is a cool film, and Fight Club, and 
it's just, it just had a great life. And it's such a shame when someone like that goes, you know, and then we're left with all the... Lots of legendary people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can get onto that. But yeah, it is yeah. really sad. No, I was thinking about that. I, I think uh, it, it was the singer in the band I'm in actually messaged this morning and said, oh, Meatloaf started. And again, not huge fans of his music. I mean, obviously, you know, when it comes on the radio, you crank it up. Uh, yeah. But that that um, performance in Fight Club is phenomenal, I think. It was such yeah. a heartbreaking performance. I mean, I yeah. remember thinking at the time, why is Meatloaf in this David Fincher movie? But he was fantastic in that. And, yeah, he obviously had a lot of potential in that in that way as well, being a great actor. Well, this is it. I saw, because like you say, because the good thing about social media, like you say, is all the outpouring of grief. And then people putting up links and different things. And the guy was in, like, 65 films or something. Really? Oh, yeah. You sort of think of those two films, don't you? Fight Club is and Augie Horror. Yeah, but he popped up in you know, cameos in all sorts of things, and uh, and you know you just go, yeah, that's the sort of you know he was he was meatloaf, yeah, which yeah, which is a mad thing to say, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick up for meatloaf music here. I'm going to uh, I'm gonna wave the flag for meatloaf because um, I, I, actually, like you, Rich, I wasn't a huge fan growing up um, yeah. at all, but through my wife Miranda got introduced to meatloaf. Because um, her dad, who's passed away a few years ago, is a huge Meatloaf fan, and so yeah. he, he he's quite important sort of in this household. But um, "Bat Out of Hell" is a hell of an album. Is, yeah. I mean, there's so many tunes yeah. on that album, yeah. um, and he's also. I mean, the the song he does with um, with Cher, "Dead Ringer for Love," absolute tune. Oh, yeah, as well. like, he just, that's his best song, I think, actually. It's oh, it's just but and, and you're right, like he's 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 brilliant in the movies he's been in. But like, I actually I think I first came across him in Fight Club, actually. I think that's probably the first time I actually sort of was aware of Meatloaf or, or or saw him sort of doing something. But I love the I love the story behind Bat Out of Hell. And I think it's actually quite a good sort of story for creativity, because him and Jim Steinman were rejected like something stupid like a hundred times or something from various record labels and this isn't this isn't an album this is a rock opera it's a shit rock opera this isn't people won't <laughs> listen to this etc 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 and they just like kept kept going and going and then finally found someone to record the album and of course it's like it's like was or maybe still is the best selling album of all time or something or yeah something. it's a while up there isn't it yeah. or something so it's a real sort of like lesson for persistence and like sort of believing in what you do because obviously he's gone on then to do loads of great things and he's seen as one of the best ever performers of all time which he is but i just think it's a nice story behind that album like actually if you believe in it enough keep going like someone you'll find someone to get you on your way yeah 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 i think you're right it's one of those i don't like like you were saying i don't switch it off if it's on yeah i don't actively seek it out and I do own a copy. It's one of those that... Oh, good man. Like, it's, it's like one of those albums that... It's like, um, it's like Dark Side of the Moon. Mm. They're, which They're like the sort of like the, the hungry caterpillar of the record, in, of the record world. <laughs> yeah, that's like, a great way of putting it, yeah. <laughs> you've, been, yeah. you've either had a copy in your hand or you own a copy or you've... Someone somewhere... You've been, a, you've been amongst it. It's that... It's yeah. that... It, it's that... It's everywhere, and, you know. And, and I think... Imagine having that under your belt. One of those, mm. like, just an album that, which is, what is it, like 40 years old, maybe yeah. 50 years old? Yeah. Still, it's still, it's timeless, and people still smash it out, and what a legacy, what a wonderful thing. 
Yeah, it's like, you know, you've done well when, like, even people that aren't into that kind of world, I, you know, the kind of, I guess, like, the flamboyant rock, whatever it would be described as, know it. Like, if, if you've been so successful that people not of your world still understand, like you say, the Hungry Caterpillar of, like, the rock world, like, people know of it. You've, you've crossed yeah. genre. You've, like, seeped into the other ethers of, you know, creativity and, yeah, and, yeah, and other yeah. industry. That, yeah. That's you know you've been successful. Exactly. You're just part of... You're part of the DNA of the world, like yeah. part of it. It's just in. It just becomes a point where it's like Dancing Queen by Abba. I think I must hear that song at least <laughs> once a week. Mm. I don't. It's not. I'm not a particular fan of it, but I. I it's one. I just hear it somewhere, either in a shop or online or somewhere. Someone's just playing it. It's just. I, I was going to say, or oh, you should stop listening to Heart FM. That, that'll, that'll probably that'll probably cut out at least seventy percent of those. <laughs> and I'm trying to be cool. I'm trying to be cool. But you know what? It's so. I, fu- I was going to say it's, just, it's funny, isn't it? Because, um, like, you know, when I was in my early twenties or something, I wouldn't even gone near like ABBA or or, um, or or Meatloaf for that matter. And uh, funny enough, at Christmas there was a big ABBA like evening on BBC. My wife really loves ABBA. And we watched it, and there was just like a an hour documentary about their, and it was just kind of them playing their music, and the songwriting is just unbelievable. I mean, and and also the amount of hits. I mean, they weren't, they didn't record for that long either. They were like, they ran for like ten years, I think, and they actually hit after hit after hit after hit, like just a formula of pop brilliance. And whether you like dig it or not, it's you can't knock the how great they were. This is what I've said. I've had these arguments with music snobs down the years and because i used to be a bit of a mod so that that was very kind of you can only listen to this sort of music you can't yeah. listen to that and you know and then when you when you get older you kind of come away from that sort of thing and i think it was round about the time of like happy mondays in the stone roses when sean Ryder started, started talking about bands like hot chocolate and, <laughs> yeah. and things like that and you go oh, actually no it's we've now been allowed to listen to this other stuff like Queen and things like that. And speaking to like snobs down the ages, they've been saying like, oh no, that's shit. That music's shit. Yeah. No, it's not shit. It, it's not for you, but it's not necessarily shit because someone somewhere gets something from it. So to say it's shit is, is it, it's not shit. It's just not for you. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. And also that music will have had an, inf- certainly if it's like ABBA or like the Beatles or like the Stones or like big, big, big bands, that will have had an influence on basically everyone that you like now. Even people that you now think have no relation to that. Mm. They'll have been influenced by that at some point because they'll Absolutely. have heard it. And whether it's the chord structure or production or something, that music influences anybody like yeah. it's impossible to say it doesn't yeah because I, I i was really into like um like i've been into rock and, and metal for a long time and i remember i'm really into deftones and they uh it, like chino the singer would always bang on about depeche mode and you're like what you don't you know like yeah, <laughs> you know and you think well actually so you go back and listen to depeche and you think oh shit yeah i can really hear that in their stuff you know well, yeah so sorry anyway, you, yeah. no 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 you're right though it's, and i I get really excited when uh, like bands take on other genres or they talk about their influences. Like when you, when you see the hip hop documentaries and they talk about craft work being a massive yeah. influence and you're like that. The first time I heard that, that blew my mind. So you've got, you've got all these, you've got the, the, the samples from all these weird and wonderful records influenced by craft work. And then it's in and these things came from you know like from the the, the Bronx and Brooklyn and 
and the West Coast and all that and East Coast. And you're like, it just blows my mind. It blows my mind. And I wish I'd been more open minded as a child when I was growing up. I think uh, I think that as well because I I lived in a town in Kent and my best mate Callum had like. Uh, his parents were really cool, his mum and his stepdad, and they listened, like, they brought him up on really cool music, whereas I was brought up on, literally on Cliff Richard and uh, Jennifer Jennifer Rush. So, it's amazing that I survived, Sorry, to be honest, to have you in a half-decent music taste. Um, so, I always felt like, oh, I wish I'd, I, he was listening to, like, really cool stuff growing up. But actually, you're a child, like, it's out of your control, don't worry about it, you've got plenty of time when you grow up to sort of get into that stuff, and I think it is actually quote-unquote cool and i know I, I know i now sound like steve buscemi in that meme uh how you doing kids um but it is cool <laughs> to like stuff you don't think is cool like i think it's actually cooler to appreciate good talent good songwriting good art whatever it, it, in a genre you think might might have been lame when you were younger i think it's and maybe it's an age really? thing you get you get older and you just appreciate okay i'm not into that but that person has talent you know okay i, I don't maybe I don't like that music but i can see that they've like got an ability there i think i think that kids is cool <laughs> but there's a tune there's a banging tune by gene pitney which is a sentence i thought i'd never say <laughs> uh, it's because she's a heartbreaker and it's a proper like northern soul kind of stomper mm. and in 20, 20 years ago i would never have been listening to gene pitney when i was 18 way back in the, in the late 80s early 90s i wouldn't have i wouldn't have been listening to that are you kidding it, it just, you know, I, I, I was lucky enough to be brought up with Bob Dylan and the Stones and Blues and things like that. And mum was a, my mum was a huge Queen fan, and they were both like into their reggae and things like that. So I was very lucky in that respect. So I would never have gone, oh yeah, Dad, do you want to listen to this Gene Pitney song? <laughs> <laughs> Kicking out the road. <laughs> This episode of The Blank Podcast is sponsored by Harry's. Harry's is way more than a razor company. They're here to revamp your whole routine. From close shaves and flake-free hair, all the way to clear, healthy skin. Harry's helps guys feel good. And they are offering our listeners a free travel size shower gel with a trial set. Uh, what's in the trial set, Charles? There's loads of stuff in the trial set, Jim. Each razor comes with an expertly engineered weighted handle. Yep, uh, it comes with a one five-blade cartridge crafted by artisans in their German factory, uh, complete with precision trimmer. A handy foaming shave gel for effective lubrication. Um, a travel blade cover for life's adventures. And free shower gel for our listeners. You've tried the shower gel, haven't you, Giles? I have. It's very lovely. It's got a lovely scent to it. And um, yeah, it was really great. I felt very clean afterwards. And I have to say, I've been using Harry's, the actual razors, for about a year, actually. And they've completely changed how my shaving experience. I used to be someone that was like, didn't, didn't really like wet shaves because I'd get little nicks and stuff and it mm. wouldn't be that comfortable. And the Harry's razors uh, are really, really smooth. I never get nicks anymore. And it's actually made shaving an enjoyable experience. Um, so I can 100% recommend it uh, from literally from my face uh, to yours. Um, here's some facts about uh, Harry's. Their shower gels, face wash and skincare products can be added to shave plans anytime, anywhere. Cleansing and exfoliating before you shave in increases the chance of cleaner results. And their products are formulated with 0% sulfates, parabens or dyes and are alcohol free. So no nasties there, Giles. No. Make sure you support the podcast and give your own shower shave a go by redeeming a free Harry's trial set. All you cover is 3.95 for delivery. 
Just head to harrys.com slash blank to have your set delivered and start a shave plan. Your freebie will be added at checkout. That's harrys.com forward slash blank. I was going to say, Rich, was was music a big part of your, has always been a big part of your life? Is like going back yeah. to, to being young, you know, you're saying you were into, uh, you were a bit of a mod and stuff, but even before that, were you kind of really into music? Because yeah. I think that music's was... a good way of, it's a good segue into creativity in general, I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's, when I'm feeling, when I'm feeling particularly sort of down and I, I always, there's, there's, I was a huge. This is this is this wasn't this isn't cool now, but I I <laughs> I, I love them and I will always love them. Level forty two. Oh man, I, I actually love <laughs> level forty two. And they're, they're sort of their first out their first albums up until I think like World Machine. Really, really cool. I really and and so when I'm feeling particularly down, I'll put on uh, Standing in the Light by uh, Level Forty Two, and I'll feel and I feel a comfort. Maybe that's because when I was a kid, I always had it on, but. Yeah, music's always been around. Ever since I can remember, there's always been there's always been records and music. The radio was always on. I remember the first I remember the first sort of song I became aware of when I was a kid was Good Vibrations by the Beach Boys. That oh, was just sort yeah. of around all the time. And Elton John was around because mum and dad would play Goodbye Yellow Bit Road all the time. Um and it was just always on. And then the, the right, we had a the transit van that we used to drive around in because we go camping a lot. And, and my dad had this little transistor radio. And so we'd have on, like, the, the, after the charts had been on, he'd have, like, Annie Nightingale and and programs like that. And, and she'd always play, like, weird and wonderful stuff, like John Peel and things like that. Mm. So I remember sitting in the back of my dad's van, we had the back doors open, we're in this car park at the back of Brighton Station. And this is before it's all done. I mean, it's all the jury's in now, but then yeah, it was like yeah. a waste ground. You're just sat on, in this van, got the light on in the van, and you've got the radio on, and they're making a cup of tea on this little like oh, gas thing. Oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah. I remember it being dark as dark. And I remember, um, uh, what was it? Eating Rifles came on the radio. And I must have only been five, five or six. But I just remember just like being, I'm like, I like this, but I don't know why. Yeah. yeah. It's always been, I've been very lucky there's always been music in it i've met people that go i don't really like music i don't care about it i'm like yeah but, yeah, yeah, yeah i don't same. understand it yeah i really can't comprehend where people just it's like background he's just, oh, it's just on in the background i'm like oh man doug stanhope doug stanhope likes he likes one song or something and he has that as his walk on music <laughs> what's the it. song what's the song do you know what's uh, song? i can't remember who it's by but it's Cha Cha Cha, and it was in a, it was in a film uh, in the nineties, I think. I can't remember what what the, what the name of the film was, but it was like Cha Cha Cha. Don't you know that I love you? Cha 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 Cha. It's yeah, and that's the only song he likes. <laughs> Wait, Charles, we should um, we should do a playlist alongside this episode. Definitely, we've mentioned loads of music now. We should like a little Spotify playlist people Absolutely, can like, listen yeah. to throughout oh, the episode. What an eclectic and... mix that would be. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. We'll pack it with Jennifer Rush and Cliff Richard. It'll be great. Oh, real, so I was hoping we'd like gloss over those two. Um. <laughs> I feel like I need to like stand up for my mum and dad now. I'm trying to think. I will say in the car, so we had the best of Cliff Richard, best of Jennifer Rush, and Paul Simon Graceland. So, oh, so okay. Not like that leveled it out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's taken it up a little bit. The record, my dad had a record player. So I think he still has the same record player. And the record that my, me and my brother used to always want to get out was 
um, ELO. And I don't know what oh, the album yeah, was, yeah. but it had Mr. Blue Sky at the end. Yeah, and we, just, well, we loved. It's phenomenal. Isn't it? And I know a lot of people think like ELO are quite lame, but like that's about as cool as it got in our house. So yeah, we'll, we'll take that. I but, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Isn't it it's that a good famous quote that um, George Harrison said that ELO would have been what the Beatles would have become, possibly. Oh, really? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Said it to, to Jeff Lynn. Yeah. So yeah, and I can I see that because they're quite cool ELO. Yeah. There you go. ELO, so everyone, it's one of those ones now. ELO, like, oh yeah, no, I like that. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. yeah, I like ELO. Yeah. And I think Graceland was the first CD that everybody owned. Yeah. And CDs blew up in like 1986 yeah. or whatever. I remember my brother bringing back a yes. CD player and I was like, what is, what is that? What is this? What is this de- new devilry that you've brought into the house? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what you don't have to turn it over halfway through? Wow! Um, uh, yeah. And I think he bought. Um, he, he bought. There, there was Aha album. Uh, oh, yeah, no. Rick, Rick Astley, I think. Oh God, there's some <laughs> stuff. And then like a hits, a hits of '86 or something, which obviously had like all sorts on it. But yeah, I remember Gosh. like the CD player was a was that was a that was mind blowing at the time. Oh, yeah. And you'd have to have, because you can only put one CD at a time. Yeah. And so, but you'd have a rucksack full of CDs. You'd have yeah. to carry them. <laughs> uh, but then, you know, we used to do that with tapes, didn't we? So, yeah. It's, uh, I remember my mum and dad telling me, they used to have this record player that was like a square, like, I don't know, like a square box. Then the lid, big, the whole lid would open up. And so yeah, the yeah. speaker was in the front. Was it wooden then? Was it like a wooden one? Yeah. yeah. Or, but it had like, bad like sort of plastic. Uh, like a uh, like a cover, it looked like so it looked sort of faux leather, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, they just they told me that when they were bringing it home, they're on the bus, they're going back because I grew up in Orpington in Kent, so they're getting it, they're on the bus, and they, it was one of those open back buses, you know, where you jump on and off by the, the route masters, yeah, yeah. And they, and the, the conductor had made them put the record player in, there was like a coat rack under the stairs. That was opposite the gap where you jump on and off. And as they went round and round about, my mum and dad would have seen and they watched their record player just skim across oh, the, no. <laughs> the street. <laughs> oh, no. oh, that is tragic. But it still oh. worked. It still worked. I yeah, just had a big dig in the one of the corners was like smashed off. <laughs> oh, oh no. That's great that it still worked though. Oh how yeah, yeah, heartbreaking yeah. to see your lovely thing. I've got I've got an idea. Is that no? Is that no? Um, <laughs> listen, as we're talking about sort of like um, destigmatizing uncool stuff and lame stuff, mm. why don't we all just say the most recent lame song we listened to, the most recent like oh, guilty Christ. pleasure slash thing that you think people might, people might think is lame, and we can we can make it cool just by saying it on the podcast and oh. bring it to the you know. Bring it to my listeners. This might okay. be a terrible idea. I, I, I'll, I'll start if you want. I'll open because, you know, it's my suggestion. So my mother-in-law, who we live with, Linda, is a big country and western fan. And I've always, like, never again, growing up, would never listen to country and western. I thought it was, like, super lame and stuff. And, like, as I got older, being, like, heard songs now and then, I thought, actually, that's not bad. That's quite good. And so I took her car down to the garage this morning to get something fixed in the book that was, like, leaky or something. And she had the highway, the high woman on High Women, sorry, on CD, uh, on In The Car, and the song that was playing was called Heaven Is A Honky Tonk. And I'll be honest, guys, it was an absolute banger. It's so good. Heaven Is A Honky Tonk. <laughs> oh, man. It, was, it was great. So I'm happy to admit that. That is my, that is my admission for today. 
<laughs> I could top that. I could top that. <laughs> so I was in the car a few months back with my mate Hannah, and uh, and she's funny. And she just said we were putting on music, and I was, you know, doing what I do. I'm like, oh, this is a cool one. This is a cool one. And she went, I've got one for you. And she put it on, and I. I have to say, it was an absolute tune. It felt, there was kind of a Beatles vibe to it, um, but it was Elton John and Lady Gaga. I think it's called Hello, Hello. I think it's from the film Gnomes. There's a, there's a oh, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> it Gnomes, something like that. Romeo and Juliet. Was it on yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, and she finished, and I went, I actually quite like that. <laughs> And there's two versions. There's one about Lady Gaga, but the one with Lady Gaga is excellent. Isn't it? <laughs> oh my god, this playlist is going to be amazing. Um, I, 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 yeah, I, I can't really. Either of those are much better than. I think the the worst tune I've listened to recently was the Jim Blossoms, uh, "Hey Jealousy," which was a '90s song, which we always used oh, to play, wow. in, which is actually not that bad. Um, yeah. it, it was always in the pub that had a jukebox, the only pub in town that had a jukebox, it was always played on there. Um, it's just very 90s. I mean, it's just like yeah. optimum American rock 90s. It's not that bad a song, actually. So it's, I'll defend it, it a little bit. It's funny, isn't it? When you say, like, isn't it funny where different sort of eras, you go, oh, that's a 60s song, that's yeah, a yeah. 90s song. I was listening to, so I was in the car the other day, and I've been listening to uh, what have I been listening to? Oh, I was listening to the Ordinary Boys. Yeah, and oh, I God. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Preston and their first album. I'm like, that's all right. Over the counter, over the counter culture or something like that. And um, and I had it on, and then it kind of, and then Spotify did its thing, and it was playing all this other stuff from like Young Knives, and then something else, and all this stuff. And I'm like, and I'm, I'm like, oh yeah, this is early 2000s. Yeah, but it, it, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? How that fashion's kind of. I like Young Knives A lot, lot of great. it was kind of the, It's the production isn't it it's that You can hear that yeah. Obviously what people like producers and stuff Were kind of creating the vibes in the studio Or the sounds that of that time Yeah, it's really right, even, yeah go on No no I was just going to say It's not even sometimes like the music It's actually just the way it sounds um, yeah. If that makes sense yeah, it's like, and everyone, you can hear everyone had their guitars up on their chest. <laughs> yeah. And it was all kind of, uh, yeah, very, very high, kind of real stabby. Yeah. <laughs> really, and um, yeah, and they go, oh, yeah, that's that's the early 2000s. It's yeah. Bizarre. Yeah, it seems like stuff yeah. like the, the Strokes and um, Franz Ferdinand, yeah, all that kind of stuff was really kind of oh, that early noughties. Franz Ferdinand reminds me of university so much. Oh, I'm my God, take, take me out. I, I, I was listening to uh, you could you could have it so much better. Literally two days ago, <laughs> every single song on that album is killer, absolutely yeah. killer. That is, oh. a, it should be it should be talked about the way they talk about battle hell. <laughs> 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 yeah. So you know how um, you know how Spotify does like your best of lists and stuff like your most what, of the year. Of you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When talking about music getting even less cool, when you have a small child. As I do, a two a two year old, your Spotify gets completely taken over. Just Jennifer, <laughs> <laughs> not only my Jennifer mother in law, Cliff Richards. <laughs> yeah, not only my mother in law listening to country and western, <laughs> but my daughter listening to songs. So, listen to my top five from twenty twenty one. This is as, as an eclectic top five as you'll ever hear. Number five, Life of Riley by the Lightning Seeds. Yeah, 
We'll take that. We'll take that. <laughs> Number four, Rio by Mika. Very niche Mika song that I found oh. in a playlist, but it's, it's quite good, more recent. Number three, Yeah, Yeah by Georgie Fame and the Blue Flames, which is a <laughs> yeah, no. 60s yeah. song, I think, that my mother-in-law played for Maria, my daughter, and she loves and her requests. Number two, Straight Street by Rai Kuda, which wow. is like oh, a Rai very can, country yeah, yeah. and western. Yeah. Like and then number one, very much in keeping with the rest of them, Hey Tiger by Robbie Williams. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Wheels on the Bus or something. <laughs> <laughs> but that, but that's probably, I mean, let me check, that's number eight. Yeah, that's number eight. Yeah, so. Okay, it's up there, yeah. That shark one, what's that shark one? Oh, Baby oh, Shark. Baby Shark. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> She's just discovered that literally oh, like this week. Man. But your life's over. Your life's yeah. over. I've held it off for two the years. The best but, kids song yeah. for, for many a year was that Fox one. What did the Fox say or wherever it is? Check it out. Know. I don't it's know like that. a Swedish thing. The, the amazing video as well. It's actually quite a good song, but it's it's hilarious. Um, yeah, well, it's just kind of what, what did about the, that. They, yeah, the lyrics are what did the fox say, and then there's always like weird <laughs> scenarios. Um, anyway, sorry, Rich, we've been waffling on about music. Um, I love it. So you grew up in Kent. Tell us a bit about how, what was what was childhood like. Were you into was school? Were you into school? Were you academic or? <laughs> 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 Tell no. us about it. I, I say it in my set. I say, you know, I don't remember the last time anyone ever said to me, you read any good books lately? You know, I always, <laughs> I always, get, I always get like, what's the best van you ever hired or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but, now, but now, since I've left school, you know, I love reading and I'm always, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. And, but at, when I was at school, I grew up in Orpington, mm. which is sort of, sort of Bromley away. Um, sort of Kent, South East London border. Yeah. And so, so you've got, you've got a sort of a weird kind of suburban, but country feel to it. It's really an odd, it's it's like any sort of satellite town. It's really rubbish. (laughs) 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 There was, there used to be, there wasn't, when I was, there was a cinema that became a McDonald's. Um, there was one record shop called LPs that I was just always in all the time. I used to love going in there. Um, but yeah, it was just one of those places that you just couldn't wait. You, you couldn't wait to get away from it. Like London was only yeah. sort of 15, 20 minutes on the train. And, and you know, once you, once you discover music and fashion and things like that, you're like, I don't want to, I can't be here. I need to be elsewhere. And so I spent, as soon as I could, I spent most of my time going to see bands, and and just being in London as much as I could, you know, just, I just, um, but school, I don't know. I just didn't, it just didn't connect. I didn't, mm. didn't care. I didn't care when the Normans invaded. I didn't care. <laughs> it was just down the road. It was just down the road in Hastings. I some bloke lost night. I get it. But, you know, it's, it's some kind of, some, they were doing some, I'm not surprised they got, they got attacked if they're too busy doing that bloody tapestry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You stop fucking around with that. You've got to do this. Um, uh, I feel, yeah, school for me was just, I just went to it because you had to go to it. You know? yeah. And I wasn't really, and it was an all boys school as well. So there was right. always a threat of violence around, you know, a lot of bullying. You know, everyone was getting bullied on a level somewhere. Like I was mm. getting bullied. So I ended up bullying someone. And, you know, and it was just a different time. It was just a different time. And so, and then, and, and this, it was, so I went, so this was in the 80s. 
And so if you wanted to do like catering and things like that, you had to go up to the girls' school, which was the other side of the rugby pitch, all right? Okay. And if girls wanted to study business, they had to come down to the boys' school. And the, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, and so it was funny. There was a, I was my girlfriend at the time, Zena, my first ever sort of proper girlfriend. And she used to come down to the boys' school to do, uh, to do business studies. And she walking through, there'd be a group of her walking through, and just everyone out the window going, Wilson's bird, Wilson's bird. Oh, <laughs> oh my so, God. so for five years, for however many years we were together, she didn't have a no one knew her name, she's just Wilson's bird. <laughs> oh my God. Just, yeah, just terrible, terrible. But I wasn't really, I knew the I knew the cool kids, I knew the sort of the, the nerdier ones. I was sort of like a proper sort of in between, or I kind of. Mm. Knew everyone, didn't really sort of kept me kept myself to myself and just you know survival, isn't it? Sometimes yeah. survival, yeah, that's a great word, survival. You know, I don't know what your schools were like, but so once we, I, went, I grew up not far from you. I grew up in Edenbridge in Northwest Kent, oh, which no. is yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of near Tunbridge Wells and stuff. So and actually, yes. I, I, um, used to play a lot of football sort of Orpington way. Like my football team would end up playing in sort of Orpington, Bromley, that kind oh, of. Oh yeah. The Tandridge League, I think it was called. So we'd end up so sort of, yeah. <laughs> but I think like the further you get out of London, and you're right, Orpington's sort of on that slight sort of border, but whereas we were like definitely in Kent and not in London, like outside yeah, the M25. Yeah. And um, this, I don't know, because Giles, you, you obviously grew up sort of outside of London as well, but you're sort mm. of, you've got, a, you're in a nice place outside of London and you've got a lot sort of going on there. Whereas I think, I don't know what Orpington's like, but Edenbridge, like, there was just nothing there. So I think like, when you're sort of like dangling on a string far from London, you just feel like you want to get there because you feel like, I felt like in the middle of nowhere and I felt like I just want, couldn't wait to get out of yeah. that town. But, and there was just isolated. like nothing there for me. There was nothing, yeah, isolated. And there was just like literally nothing in that town that I cared about or was there for me. So like Rich, my plan was just to sort of get to London as soon as possible. But I don't yeah. know, I guess, I guess in Seaford it was... You sort of you're still there. You had stuff for you. That it felt maybe felt like your place. Well, I must have liked it because I never left. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we. I think the South Coast is a funny one. Um, <clears throat> there are nice bits and there are not so nice bits. But yeah, never felt. I guess because Brighton's really close by. You know, mm. that's quite exciting. It's quite an exciting place, and it's 15 minutes on the train. We didn't. You know. I guess it was, it's a nice little quiet, sleepy town. A lot of people, a lot of my mates did move out because they found it probably like you guys, like a bit boring, but they've all come back. Um, yeah. Because it's a nice place to live and there's nice schools <laughs> and, you know, those things become important, don't they, when you get older uh, or you, at least you think about them more. So, yeah, it's interesting. So, when did that. For that, yeah, that's like my mum and dad. So, when I was born, my mum and dad met in the British Museum when they worked there. And. And then, and then they had, they got married, and they had me. And then we lived in Crystal Palace, lived in Palace Road. And that's my first ever memory. I remember, I weirdly remember being in a low chair in a gloomy room, kind of a lot of orange and black, lot of orange and brown everywhere. And then being in a paddling pool as well, out in the garden in this in Crystal Palace. And I, I must have been, I don't know, one, two. But I just still remember that. But then my mum was pregnant with my brother, so they were like, right, well, we don't want to stay in London, in, in Crystal Palace. We want to go out where, you know, like say, better schools and more space. And so they looked at they looked at Ipswich. They were going to go to Ipswich. Oh, wow. And so no disrespect to anyone from Ipswich, but... I'm so glad they did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Norfolk's quite a funny place. <laughs> yeah, it's, no, it's, not, it's flat, isn't it? It's just Lot, very flat. There's lots of water. Yeah. yeah. 
And it, and it, so then, yeah, we end up going to Alpington. So, you know, and like, and yeah, and there is, when you're growing up, there is, I just always had that need to just keep moving. And my dad would always start, I'd always be stood in the doorway of the, of the lounge, like watching the television. And my dad would be like, look, just come in and watch the television <laughs> or F off out, but don't stand in the door. Like, what are you doing? And he, I just needed to be, and I'm still the same. I do. I, I, I remember I, like people would say to me, you can take your shoes off or, you know, what are you, what are you doing? Why are you sort of pacing? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Always on the move. That's yeah, interesting. I get that. I get that massively. I don't know if that's a creative thing or... Yeah, maybe. It must be in a way, because I, I definitely understand that as well. I've, I've always feel like I've got sort of itchy feet and I'm like, what's yeah. next? Whether it's literally like... Could be athletes Moving foot, or going somewhere. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's probably a fungal that. infection, <laughs> yeah. yeah. To get that looked at. <laughs> Um, I think it is a creative thing, though. I think you're just because even when you're being creative and making stuff, like as soon as well, you go through this. I go through the stages of like, this is a great idea. This is terrible. This is absolutely fucking awful. Oh, this is all right. That'll do. And then, and then once you literally as soon as you've done it and put the pen down or close the laptop, you're like, right, what's next? Yeah. I can never. I never sit there and be like, fold my arms and be like, oh my god, what a masterpiece. I'm like, right, that's done. What's next? And maybe it's a manifestation of that. Well, that's like, yeah, it's like when you, when you, I've listened to uh, interviews of like, people like Noel Gallagher, for example, and Brian Eno and people like that. And they're always saying, like, you know, an album is, is sort of like done, but it's never finished. Like, you could tinker with it for, forever. Yeah. And so that could get to a point where you go, no, that's, that's it. That's, I'm not messing around with that anymore. But I think that's the same with life. I've learned that a lot through talking to people on my podcast and, and people like yourselves, like there isn't a destination. Oh, yeah. We always think that, oh, when I get to that bit, my life will be, will be better. And you get to that bit and you go, right. Like you said, what's next? Yeah. And there's always what's next, what's next, what's next for a lot of people. Some people are just happy to be where they are and they're kind of going, no, I don't want to, don't want to, this is, this is fine. I don't need to be doing anything else. But a lot of people it's like, what's next, what's next, what's next. And then you kind of, and then you're just not here anymore. It's just that's what it seems to me anyway. You kind of, there's no sort of destination. You're yeah. just do it, always doing stuff until you can't wipe your own ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess during that process as well, you're neglecting the fact that you're, like whether you're creating something, you're kind of, because you, you're thinking about what's next. You're not actually in the moment of that thing that you're making or doing, you know, and actually yeah. reflecting on, wow, I'm actually doing this, amazing thing that i really enjoy because you're yes. just always kind of constantly like looking for the next yeah yeah, thing. yeah. and it's a weird feeling when you do actually go oh hang on a minute look what i'm you, you might be i don't know whatever you're doing you have a moment we go oh this is brilliant and it just feels <laughs> such a weird feeling to be in the moment rather than worrying about the future or regretting what you've done in the past and you just go oh this is amazing. Like I went to see idols. Yeah, I went to see idols at Brixton. The other oh, day. my mate went to that gig as well. Oh, yeah. mate. He said, I oh, know I was quite jealous because I've only recently sort of got into them. But yeah. man, Joe Talbot, what a front man. Oh, my word. Unbelievable. The, the man, he, he's, the, he's phenomenal. Like he started the gig and he just went, right, right, I'm going to divide you down the middle, right? From that, but from there to there, right? You lot, right? Just part, part. I want you to part. And so everyone sort of backed up and he went, right. 
He goes, are you ready to look after each other? Are you ready for a good time? Are you ready to collide? <laughs> Bang, went whoosh, and it was amazing. I was stood next to Alan McGee, weirdly. Oh, wow, really? Sort of, really? I kept sort of looking. I was trying not to be a dickhead. I kept going like, it's Alan McGee. I was with my missus. I was with my missus, and I'm going, it's Alan McGee. And she went, who? I'm like, no. I mean, she's, only, she's 35. It's not like she's a child, but... Yeah. Got a creation record, you know. Yeah, yeah. And she went, no, I don't, really, don't know what you're on about. I'm like, ah, all right. Anyway, but yeah, I had a moment. There was a moment where... We'd been met by some other friends that were there and, uh, you know, and we were just, we were all so euphoric. There was a moment when we were all together. Everyone in that room was just like, we were just smiling at each other. And then I just looked and I'm like, oh, this is, this is one of those moments where nothing else matters. COVID doesn't matter. We'd all been tested as well when we all had to do tests mm. to be able to get in and prove that you, you, were, you were negative and, and then wearing masks on and things like that until everything kicked off. And we've all done tests since and everything's fine. But from that moment, none of it mattered. Boris Johnson didn't matter. The, nothing mattered. Everyone in that room was as one in a moment. And I was just, I was glad I experienced it. Mm. You know? And I wish, yeah, yeah. I wish everyone could just have a moment where they go, ah, this is all right, this, this is all right, you know, whatever it is they're doing. But unfortunately, some people aren't lucky enough, are they? They've got, you know, they're, they're in poverty or they've got whatever else is, you know, they're ill or whatever else is going on. Yeah. It's a shame that not everyone can have an experience where they go, yeah, life is all right, you know? I completely just agree. Yeah. I was going to say, is that yeah. one of the reasons why you like doing comedy, though? Because you kind of create those moments for other people. Yeah, I do actually. There's, that was there. There was a one in the first lockdown. I, a, a brilliant comedian, good mate of mine, Paul Perry, and I was talking to him, and he just said, was, "Oh yeah, but we need the stage, don't we, Rich? We need the attention." And I was like, oh, "Yeah, I don't, I don't need the attention." Funnily enough, it's not why I do it. I like doing it, and I like making people laugh, and I always have done, even before I was a comedian. But I don't. I'm not one of those people that I don't need to be in front of people. You know, I'm not like. If I'm not performing, I'm not like crying in the bathroom. I'm crying in the bathroom <laughs> for other reasons, but, not <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know, it, I like. There's nothing better when you. Like the other night, I did a gig, and there was a moment where I had to slow down and stop what I was doing because we were all having such a good time. I had to take a moment and just like walk up and down a bit. And go, wow! You lot are amazing. You lot are amazing. We were just all having such a good time. There's a there's a there's a moment where you I don't know what it is. They call it they call it flow state or something like that. When you're saying stuff and you don't even know you're going to say it, like stuff's just coming out of your head, and you're going, oh my god, I'm hilarious. Where did that come from? <laughs> just, just end up getting in this zone, and we were having such a good time. Like people were just. There was a woman. There was a woman, and she just had to like. She was like, hold on to herself because she was just lost in it. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, that's, you know, that's the reason. You know, we mm. comedians are here. This is what annoys me about a lot of comedians. They're all, now they've all, and I get it, you want to use your platform to make changes and and and, and flag up, you know, the, 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 wrong, the things that are wrong in this world. And absolutely, absolutely, I'm not taking away from that. But at the end of the day, you've got to remember, you're a jester. You're just a jester. And you're here to, to, bring a bit of light into the because being alive this is what they don't tell you when you're growing up being alive is really hard 
No one ever says that. <laughs> yeah. You can be wherever you want to be. You can be this. You can be that. You just got to apply yourself. No, you can't. It's fucking hard. <laughs> yeah. You're growing up in, in, you know, Edenbridge or Orpington or, or Seaford or wherever. It's not easy to be alive. And no one says that. It's just, yeah. Especially our generation. Well, you know, I'm a bit older than you guys, but they go, they go, yeah, you're right, you're 18 now, you're on your own. And you go, what do you mean I'm on my own? Mm, yeah. I didn't ask for this. Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, I don't know how to make a cup of tea. <laughs> I didn't know how to use the washing machine. And I'm like, well, I'm on my own now. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you're old enough. That's not fair. You had sex. It's not my fault. Not <laughs> <laughs> I didn't ask for this. It's not my fault you had sex and I popped out. You should be more careful. <laughs> it's a lifetime agreement, surely. Exactly. I've got kids. My kids and my kids are 24 and my, well, my eldest will be 30 in March. And even now, they're still my kids. At yeah. no point, I'm, I'm, I'm like, oh, well, you, you're grown yeah. up now. You're on your own. If, you know, I always say to them, I mean, I'm not, I don't have any money, but if I've, if I, if you need some and I've got it, you can have it. But if I haven't, you can't. It's as simple as that. But mm. I've not gone, no, you're on your own. Off you, off you go. Because I don't, it's not their fault that they're alive. Yeah. You know? right, yeah. <laughs> um, firstly, what was that gig? I need to get booked on that gig. That sounds absolutely amazing. Oh, it was um, uh, it was the uh, the capital in Horsham, capital oh. centre. Uh, Kevin Precious. Oh, amazing! Right, and I'll tell you what. So I did. So I did the last night of Create a Comedy Club at Comedia. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. Saturday, which was it was blistering that night. Everyone it, like, it was so packed. It's like everyone was top sitting on top of each other. It was crazy. It was Stephen wow. Grant's last last night yeah. there. So it was just euphoric. Everyone was having a really good time. And then I went and did the rope tackle in Shoreham, did that one. And that was another amazing one. Although I went to finish and I said, oh, I'm going to leave you with this story. And this woman went, oh, God, no. <laughs> 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 oh, sorry, it's not for everyone. <laughs> yeah, thanks. About three more minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah hold on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't mean to say that out loud. <laughs> Was it like that lady from Bristol? Not another one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I've, I've been, I've not been heckled very often, but I've had, when I've been heckled, it's been something like that. Like there was that okay, one. That's quite a polite heckle, isn't really? Yeah, and I've had another one where I just started something else and this, this bloke just went, oh. <laughs> 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 He's so annoyed. That, that feels like very sort of, uh, very British heckles in some ways, like oh, like, oh. it's a very teenage heckle. Yeah, it's a very Everyone's teenage. Oh. <laughs> oh, God, this is gonna go to <laughs> I hate you. But yeah, it was the capital in Horsham. Oh, that sounds yeah, amazing. Center, and it was in the art center, and it was incredible. It was such a because because those because like doing comedy or or music or anything really, it's you are sharing something with people. And I, I completely understand and agree with what you're saying about, I don't, don't have this need to be on stage, but there's mm. a part of us. It's just like sharing this idea. I'm sharing this idea for, you know, this, this particular joke or this show or whatever, or this song. And that's the beauty in it. Almost more than look at me. I'm center of attention. It's more like I've made this little thing and I think you might like it and I'm giving it over to you. And then when people like it, it's lovely because it's like validation but it's like the shared experience same as you going to the idols gig like yeah. everything when someone's on that level with you and it's like i like this too oh i like this it's just nice to have that shared connection i think that is 
you know, you're saying life is hard, but it's these shared experiences and these shared moments, especially if you've been lucky enough to make it. I think that's what gets us through these hard moments. And that's the beauty for me of live performance and creativity, more so than the adulation of winning comedy competitions or people, you know, success. just having this idea and people going, I like this idea too. That's just a nice feeling. Yeah. Well, that's the the thing about human beings is that uh, we are pack animals. Like we need... We need connection. We need to be together. And that's why the first lockdown, the lockdowns have been so tough on everybody because we lost all that. You know, we were very, luckily we had things like Zoom like this, but, you know, we, we lost that physical connection. And so down the ages, you can see it. People love, like, that's why football so, people love football, you know, because it's, you're part of a group yeah. of people that like the same thing and you're all accepting of each other. Um, you know, popular culture. There's all like mods, rockers, uh, baggy, uh, whatever. You know, Brit pop, whatever. I hate that. Do hate that phrase. But yeah, you know, you're 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 you. you it's really really good to find like-minded people that you all connect with, and you go, oh yeah, we're a. I'm not alone. Basically, yeah. Yeah. I'm not alone. But there's certain items of clothing that I wear, and you'll see other guys wearing them. And when you see each other, you kind of go. We do, we, you know, that's, we do need that. We need that connection. And these lockdowns, even now people are still, people are still struggling because they still don't know what's going on. They're still worried that, that, that they're going to die basically. And there's a very much, there's a very much a feeling of everyone being disconnected, you know, yeah. and hopefully I'm hoping that, I mean, it's winter as well. And that kind of separates us all. Mm, we hate yeah. it, because really fundamentally, I, I think that it's our animal brain going, yeah, you should be in a cave now. You should yeah, be, yeah, yeah, you be hibernating. Yeah. 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 You should be hibernating with your Netflix and your chocolate and your big jump up. <laughs> yeah. uh, but we but we have to be out because the system we're now plonked into says, no, you've got to be out. You've got to be producing and you've got to be making money for somebody. So you need to be out in the darkness and the, and the, and the horrible weather. And, and that's why we're all, you know, our, our mental health is all over the place, you know, because we're animals and we should just be eating and having sex. <laughs> <laughs> so Rich, well, how did you get into the comedy? What, what led you to that? Um, I've said it before. I, I, it, it's one of them. I never thought in a million years that I would ever be a comedian. It never was. It was never a dream of mine. I didn't, you know, I didn't go to bed memorising famous comedy bits. I always loved comedy. I remember growing up with sort of like Mike Yarwood and the two Ronnies and and that sort of thing. And then I remember someone gave, my next door neighbour gave me a cassette of Eddie Murphy. Mm. And that just, I remember listening to it on headphones like, oh, this is, yeah. this is naughty. Amazing. I mean, like, yeah, he's naughty. He's <laughs> it's not aged well. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember playing it. I remember when my, when my lads were, were sort of teenagers and I said to them, we're doing, I mean, oh, what's this, Dad? I mean, oh, I said, Eddie Murphy, it was uh, delirious. And, they, and we put it on. And they, and this is in, even when they were teenagers and they went, oh, this is a bit much, Dad. <laughs> Actually, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's not. This is a bit yeah. at all. <laughs> but it was at the time, it was groundbreaking, you know. And then mm. through that, I remember say, people saying to me, oh, Eddie Murphy, yeah, well, you wanted to, yeah, he's just, that's just uh, Richard Pryor. Yeah. You know, who's Richard Pryor? They go, oh, the bloke in Superman 3. You know, well, he was a comedian. And they go, yeah, yeah, And then I got given that. And then from that, you find out about Lenny Bruce. 
and Lenny Bruce breaking down the barriers and, mm. you know, you know that sort of thing Lenny Bruce did the th- made it possible for us to say fuck on this you yeah. know what I mean yeah. yeah 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 yeah. I should have checked if we were allowed to swear on this yeah no you're fine yeah yeah you're right <laughs> but no on mine we kind of effing and jeffing all the yeah, time yeah yeah no it's um, fine on this one as well that's alright but that but you know thanks to those people yeah we are able to do what we do you know and mm. and and I, you know, and I really, I love, that's where my, that's my education. That's what I like to do. Like going back and looking at all the old, all the old comedies, what people used to be into, like Flanders and Swan and Tony Hancock and, you know, all those, uh, all those, all everything. I just love comedy. And so comedy and music, I'm always sort of studying and looking at that. But I, so it was all, comedy was always there. And then, and then, sort of like, it was, I think it was called Friday Night Live or Saturday Night Live. And you had the Dangerous Brothers, which was Rick Mayo yeah, and Ed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember watching them, uh, Kevin Turvey. Yeah, Harry Enfield uh, was on. Yeah, the young ones and all that. And that that was when we first found out about The Damned. Like, they were the first band I ever saw. But it was because we watched The, the Young Ones and The Damned were on that. Yeah, dad, right, my, yeah, my Captain Sensible, like, yeah. Yeah, my dad and I were like, what? We need to go and see them. And my dad bought us tickets. And that was when we found out that Captain Sensible was a punk. Like, before yeah. that, he was an appetite guy. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're like, what? He when was I, in, yeah, in Nick. Yeah, I never, for, for years, I didn't realise he was in The Damned. And then I was like, no. oh, Jesus, I didn't remember him being, yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Because when I, well, that was it. Because when, when they came... So when they came, when they were, when we went to see him in that incarnation, they were very much into their goth phase. So oh, it, was, okay. it was Bryn Merrick, Roman Jug, uh, Rats Gabies and Dave Vanian. And he didn't, I didn't, Captain Sense wasn't, wasn't anywhere near it. It wasn't mm. until later on. But yeah, I always loved comedy. I just, and I remember I was able to make my friends laugh and I used to like doing that. And But never in a million years did I think I'll be a comedian. And then I got a job at Up the Creek. And I remember... Uh, I was really, it was so it was about yeah it was about this time uh, in 2001 I was working in a funeral directors in Seven Oaks uh, I'd just been dumped by the girl I, a girl that I thought I loved but it turns out we were just it was just a mad drug year that we'd had together it was incredible crazy um, <laughs> yeah it was insane and then uh, and I remember just I was in the canteen of the of the funeral directors. And I flipped the page over and then of the paper and there was a big advert for Up the Creek. And I'm like, well, I like, I can pull a pint. Yeah. I used to work at the Lazy Toad in Beckenham. So I'm like, I can pull a pint. Uh, I, I like comedy. And I, I, I rang the guy immediately and he said, yeah, come and see me tomorrow. So I met him. And he turned back to Drew. He was one of the owners. And he walked me in. He went, this is where we do the comedy. This is the bar. He goes, you can pull a pint. I went, yeah. He goes, all right, I'll see you tomorrow. He goes, you can watch the comedy if you like. And I remember watching uh, Daniel Kitson was emceeing. Wow. Maybe maybe Russell Howe was on, maybe. I don't know, but it was a very brilliant liner. And I remember just going, Oh, this is brilliant. I like this. Mm. It just kind of morphed into like I became friends with a few comics, Rob Rouse and a guy called Silky, and Silky had some gigs. And he said, You're doing your first gig on October the whatever it was in 2004, and you can't back out. <laughs> that was it. And then I just could, and then sort of eighteen years later, I'm I'm doing it myself, and it it blows my mind because I'm fundamentally I'm shy. I'm a shy person, and then, so to be stood in front of strangers asking them to love me is bizarre. <laughs> how <laughs> was the first? How was yeah, the first I was gig? Say, what was the first gig like? Ah, so it was at the Bullingdon, uh, which is now Oxford Glee on the Cowley Road in 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 Oxford, and 
I did it. It was on a Sunday night. And I remember uh, I was supposed to do five minutes and I did two and a half. I did one joke, <laughs> got a bit of a laugh, forgot the next bit. And then got... <laughs> so Always went... leave them wanting more. Yeah, Always yeah, yeah. Them. <laughs> I only give them one joke. Just, yeah, just leave them, like, leave them confused. Like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> just... But Silky said, no, no, he goes, this, you, you have this potential here. I can see it. <coughs> you're going to come back every month and you're going to be the resident open spot of this gig. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, I ended up doing that every month and a few others dotted around. And then I, I became uh, the MC of Up the Creek when it was in uh, Croydon on a Friday night. I stood out every week. And, then, and, and now I've travelled the world. And so from that shit joke that I did in Oxford... <laughs> I've now been everywhere, and it, it, I find it—it it blows my mind. It blows my mind. Yeah, that is <laughs> that is really cool. It's also nice yeah. that, like, I think when you're starting out in anything, but definitely comedy, having a sort of a support. So having yeah, Silky there, yeah. recognizing a bit of potential in you, because I think it's hard when you start out. You might think, "Am I good? Am I shit? Like, what is going yeah. on?" But having someone go, <laughs> "Right, you've got something, and I'm going to support you," literally by giving you these spots. We all need a mentor somewhere, or someone giving us a kick up the bum. And I think. I mean, you got you got a legendary one there anyway, but I think that was you know quite lucky and and, and obviously yeah. helped. That's it. And what people, I think a lot a lot of people have forgotten what it was like when they were starting out. So there was a lot of sometimes there's a bit of tension in green rooms because the older acts weren't being very friendly to the younger acts. I mm. think it's changing now, but yeah. you know it was you know it's quite daunting walking into a, a green room of a you're brand new and and there's all these established acts. And they're not talking to you. You're just, and you're already nervous because you, you're just starting out. You haven't quite found the, the, that kind of ongoing confidence that, you know, you kind of that you kind of go, oh, actually, I'm good at this. I can do this. Mm. You're still figuring it out and you're still. And I, so I make a point now, if it's someone who always introduce myself and I always ask, you know, just start to talk to them, you know, and, 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 and just that alone. Because I remember people doing that to me, and they, I always remember those people that, that took their took took time to sort of say hello and have a chat, you know. And I think that's on that level. Yeah, you're right. Everyone needs a bit of support. Everyone needs a bit of encouragement. You know, it's a it's a weird thing to get into. I don't know why we do it. It's mad. <laughs> it, I don't. I, I think on a because I'm I'm coming up to my ten year anniversary of doing my first comedy gig. And, wow. uh, very much still sort of plugging away and, and sort of, I guess, uh, is struggling the right word? Struggling is a romantic word, isn't it? Struggling comedian. But um, <laughs> plugging away, plugging comedian. Um, but there's like, because I, 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 oh, every day I think like, oh, should I just get a normal job? Should I just like uh, do oh, something yeah. else? But like, do you know deep down there's something in you that's like, this is, you want, you want to do this and you should, you won't be happy and or content in the same way if you do something else so it's like yeah. even though you know you're driving yourself through this like really unpredictable down this unpredictable road it's painful <laughs> and difficult and there's no money it's like you can't it's a weird thing to explain you can't do anything else or you can but you wouldn't be as happy and it's like you keep yeah. driving ourselves on down this road even though we know it's stressful at times it is it's weird i've said this to a few people that are starting out i said you'll know after your first gig whether you want to do it again whether you did well or you died on your ass you know there's just something clicks and you go yeah i want to do that again and it and, it, and, and, and your career will go kind of it will go yeah and then it kind of plateaus a bit and it goes yeah and you plateau again and it goes up like that so it's more of a zigzag rather than a straight line up yeah 
you're forever kind of, oh, yeah, I'm smashing it. Oh, no, what happened? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. But, yeah. You know, you, January is especially tough for comedians because, you know, the work kind of it goes a bit quiet, you know, and now we've got COVID, you know, we're still dealing with that, so everything's a bit more quiet. And then you see people that you, you, you look, you know, colleagues of yours, they're on TV shows or doing whatever, and you're like, oh, no, why am I failing? And all the comedians, oh, no, I failed. Oh, no, what am I going to do? And that happens every January. <laughs> and then February kicks in, the gigs come back, we start doing it again, and we're like, oh, no, 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 we're fine, we're fine. But every January we forget that it goes a bit quiet, you know, and it, and it, like, talking about that, you know, oh, should I keep doing this? Do I, should I get a job? Um, it, that'll never go away. You'll still have moments where you just go, yeah. well, what's the point? What am I doing this for? You know, standing on the, you stand on the platform at crew in the pouring rain, <laughs> waiting for a connection. And you're like, what am I doing? <laughs> you know, but it's, it's, yeah. you know, it's one of the best, it's one of the best jobs in the world. If you're, if you manage to get to a point where people are booking you and you're busy, it's a it's a it's a wonderful career. There isn't any money in it, and you'll never have a mortgage. <laughs> but <laughs> but you just did, you just did it. Sorry, Charles. Richard did a very sort of important visual thing which obviously doesn't work in podcasts no. but you basically you were saying like there's no straight line it's sort of yeah. up along up along it's a sort of zigzag yeah, but yeah, what yeah. was really important well you I don't know if you realize you did this you didn't say it's up down it's up down and i think a lot of people do think that my career's going up oh i'm something i'm tailing off something's not yeah. happening i'm doing rubbish oh it's up again but actually it's not you get to a level by the fact that you've got to that level you are better more experienced more connected etc so you are actually on a level and i think that's actually a really quite encouraging way to look at it that it is actually up along up along rather than up down up down because by yeah. virtue of you being there you'll be better exactly if you was if it was down so you'd just be back where you started so you're back nobody's booking you you're doing all the open mic nights you're you know you're but for most people it's it's you know like you say it's up and you get to you get to it's more of a zigzag it's up yeah yeah and it, and it you know, you don't you don't go back. You don't go down. You don't go back to where you started. No, you but you'll go... never get back to that stage because you will never be as shit as when you started. And anything, no, exactly. you will never because you've. That's just the nature of creativity and like practice. Yeah, and you got to remember, everybody. You, you're you're gonna you have to accept the fact as well that you're gonna have a shit day at the office one day. Yeah, and you're gonna you're gonna have a shit gig. You're gonna darn your ass. Uh, the, what happens as you get on those levels, those gaps between the deaths get further and further away, further yeah. apart. They're bigger, bigger gaps. But even when you get to a certain level, you still die on your ass. Everyone you've ever heard of is going to die. They still die. They might not die all the time. They still have it. Romish, uh, Michael McIntyre, all the big ones, you know, Mo Gilligan, all these people are going to have a shit time at one point. You just, it's just a night we don't connect. The, the audience are in a funny, weird mood. That's something as well with like people being together as one. I'm a strong believer in energy and people's energy. They do we do fire off each other. And if weirdly, if a whole room of people just decides they don't like you, it's a really long night. Yeah. <laughs> you know? 
But I don't even know why that happens. It just happens sometimes. Weirdly, on a subconscious level, a room full of strangers, they've never met each other before, they go, nope. <laughs> just, and they just stare at you. Especially if you're emceeing. If you're just doing oh, an opening that, 20, you can go home after 20 yeah. minutes. I've died when I've been emceeing. Awful. Oh, Awful. Yeah. You have to walk back on and you can just feel the room. Over. <laughs> come again. <laughs> You just walk on and you go, all right, you got your seats, all right, here's your next act. <laughs> Are you aware of that quite quickly, those moments? So if, like you say, like an energy in the room, do you feel it almost as if you're coming out or is it when you start the material? Is you there a feel it. You feel it. Uh, yeah, it's when you do you when you start talking. What I've noticed, I've done this before, is when the the, the other acts have smashed it, and then you walk out and you go, oh, I'll ride the energy. But for some reason, you say something wrong, you, you, you mistime it or you do something, and it kind of, you can feel it kind of jar and you feel the audience go, oh. And sometimes, you, most of the time, you can kind of build again and you'll, mm. you'll get it back. But when it goes, you, oh, it's awful. It's a horrible feeling when it, you go, oh, no, I'm, I thought I was going to smash this, and now I'm having a terrible time. Yeah. But there's that famous uh, uh, Bill Burr thing in Philadelphia where he was bombing, and he just started slagging. He said, well, I've got 10 minutes to go. I'm going to do my time, so I'll get paid. And he just starts slagging off Philadelphia. And then he counted out <laughs> nine. Another thing. Cheesesteaks are this and blah, blah, blah. Hey, and by the end of it, the audience are counting with him. And it's a really amazing thing. But when you die, it's one of the – people have come up and gone, you ruined my fucking night. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of the, it's one of the last places where people can actually come up to you, and and yeah, I paid good money for this, and you fucked it up. And you're like, oh, oh, yeah, it's awful. Who would do what? that though? Like you did, like the very nature of going to a comedy night is there's going to be different acts, and like you're not going to yeah. like everything. If you like everything, you've done incredibly just lucky. It's there just... was an act on a cruise ship. I won't name him, but. He was. He had a bad gig the night before. He's sitting by the pool the next day, and they're stuck on a cruise ship. He's got. A, you know, he's like, <laughs> oh, no. It was the worst place you could be. Yeah, it? <laughs> there's gigs every night. He's got to stay there. He said, "This guy swam. Made a point. He swam all the way up to him." <laughs> Leaned on the edge and went, you ruined my fucking holiday. <laughs> and then swam off. See you later. And then just swam away. <laughs> you know, that's the thing. You're, that's how powerful what we do is. If people come with expectations, yeah. and you, if you don't fulfill those expectations, oh, my God. They're yeah. going to let you know. They're going to let you know. Yeah. Awful. I think you know, though, don't you? Because like my, my, my problem at the moment is a lot of the spots I do are either opening 20s or like middle spots. And a lot of the middle spots are like progression spots. So 90, 90% of the time, I feel like I have to impress tonight. I can't just be there and be yeah. like, I'll just see how it goes. It's like, oh, shit. I've got to impress. It's like sort of getting called up to the first team from the reserve. Like, oh, shit. I've got to train well. I've got to do yeah. well. And you put pressure on yourself then. And then you, you very rarely then sort of just like in the moment because you're always thinking about. How is it going? And and you know as well, really, you know when you've lost the energy in the room or yeah. they they look at you different. You can just sort of tell their body, like their body language changes. You know, you don't need anyone swimming up to you afterwards saying you were shit. <laughs> you just know. And like, you can tell from the way a promoter will talk to you afterwards or other acts. You, you just, 
it's like the stench is on you. You just know when you've had yeah. a good night. Yeah. And, it's like but you like, spent 20 minutes just pooing in your own pants. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, <laughs> and you come up and no one goes near you. It's, and you're and like, then you're someone, drive it's like someone comes up to you says, do you know you've pooed in your pants? <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> yeah. 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 I remember there was a gig we did. It was in Sheffield. It's a gig I'm doing tonight, actually. And the, <laughs> it, was, it was one of those nights where the comp player had a tough time. First act died. Second act died. Third, we all died, and we were we were there was so and we were all mates that were on. So while while the acts were on, you could hear we were just laughing our heads off at each other because we were all dying. So and we were the only ones laughing. The audience not doing anything, but oh, we just at the side just crying. And then we, and in our heads were like, "Yeah, but I'm going to smash it." And then the <laughs> yeah, one, exactly, exactly. And then the next one would go on and bite bite even more shit. Just eat. More shit, and just and we were just howling at the end of it, going, "This is awful." But there is, there, is, yeah. When, yeah, I think going on first is harder than headlining. Yeah, you know, yeah, because the audience is still getting used to the night. They've got used to the compare. You're now the first act, so they've got to, they've got to adjust again. And then you know, and so and so by the second and third, I think they you know they're they there's an expectation of when you're the closing acts, of course, because people just assume like, oh yeah, this must be the best one of the night. Whereas you know, in reality, anyone could go on anywhere. It's not really like yeah. that. But yeah, there's a, there's I think going on first is it's tough, and you know, and if you if you yeah, and you can like the other night I did a new material night. Uh, I was on first and I did all brand new material and it went all right, but I, it wasn't, I didn't get the usual kind of, mm. and I came off thinking that I'd failed. Yeah. And you go, no, you were doing new material, Rich. It's going to go like that. Yeah. But there's, I don't know. It's all, it's, yeah, I don't know. So sometimes you get in your own head. You think, oh, that was shit. And people go, no, that was great. What are you on about? Did you not hear him laughing? You go, yeah, but I didn't enjoy it. You go, yeah, but it's not about you. And then you start doing that thing. You start like then re-editing their night because they go, that was great. And you're like, or they go, I really enjoyed that. And you're like, you didn't. It was, they're like, it was good. You're like, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. And they were like, yeah, I had yeah, a good yeah. night. You didn't have a good night. No, you hated it. You're basically <laughs> swimming, <laughs> swimming up to yourself and telling you that you've been shit. Yeah, that's it. You ruined your fucking night. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you do, you get in, comedians, you know, they'll, they'll, I've seen, I saw Terry Alderton. Terry Alderton, was on and he and he was we were backstage we were in the green room of this comedy store and he was on stage he's doing his thing and at one point he'd taken the sign down off the stage and he ran around the back and he came through the green room to go back onto the stage back out this is mid gig <laughs> and he came through and he went they're fucking shit tonight and then we he got a stand innovation <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, nah, fuck him. <laughs> what do you fuck him? What do you want? Do you yeah, want to carve a stack block while you're there? Yeah. <laughs> oh man. How 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 are you in those moments afterwards though? Are you do you do you does it does it stay with you for a few days? Are you you able to shake it off quite quickly? Are you able to talk like you know, you were sort of saying yeah. give you we give ourselves pep talks but sometimes we, you know we can be quite hard on ourselves are you are you hard on yourself in those if yeah. things haven't gone well i'm a bit i'm always i'm always the i'm always more sort of negative than i am positive when it comes to that i never if i've smashed a gig i won't walk around going no yeah, Charlie, yeah, big yeah. but i am i'm pretty i'm pretty hard on myself i'm, I'm pretty hard on myself anyway i mean 
I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, you know, we wake ourselves up in the morning and go, oh, oh, keep awake at night going, oh, no. Do you remember that thing you did in 1994? Oh, <laughs> God. I bet those people hate you. And you go, well, it was nearly 30 years ago. Those people don't care. They're not thinking about you. No, everything's moved on. That world is gone. Yeah. What are you beating yourself up for? You're not that person now. Whatever you did then was a shit thing. You don't do that now. You've worked on it. Um, and it's the same with comedy. You kind of... You, you, that, that, you know, those people at the time, they'll go, oh, you were shit. But the next day, they couldn't pick you out of a lineup. Yeah. You know, they wouldn't, they don't know who you are. If they thought you were shit, they're not going to remember you, unless you're really bad or particularly offensive and you've upset someone. But Sarah Millican's got this great rule. And she says, yeah, you can, you can think about it, but by 11 a.m. the next day, yeah. you, have to put, you have to put it to one side and move on. You know, because then you've got your next gig and you go, all right, that happened then. Let's figure out what happened. Okay, right, next gig, you know? And it that's the beauty of what we do. There's always going to be another gig, you know? Yeah. So, yes, I do. It bothers me for a bit. And then I'm like, all right, well, I'll just have to make sure, make sure that I've, I'm in a better place mentally when I go out on stage. Maybe something was troubling me. Maybe I hadn't had enough water. Maybe I hadn't, mm. I hadn't eaten or I'd done something. My, you know, my levels were off. Okay. Let's let's work on that. And just it's just a con- it's just a constant thing you're always working on until you're dead. <laughs> this is, uh, is going to sound incredibly sort of um, basic from me, but um, a lot of the time it's lit- you're just literally hungry or thirsty. And le- and it's literally taken me thirty six years to work that out. But if I'm feeling crap about <laughs> something, I'll eat something. I'm like, oh my god, I feel great. <laughs> Someone said, someone said to me as well they went, they went oh you might not you might not be hungry you might be thirsty yeah and you're like what well, i can't tell the difference <laughs> if you and that's the thing if you don't you know there is something to be said for you know eating 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 well you don't have to eat properly you can still eat you can still have a cake if you want to but you just don't mm. have a cake with every meal you know, just but it, again, it's every every single thing is about balance, and it? it's all about balance. Yeah. You can you can eat some shit, but make sure you eat some good stuff as well. You can have a pint, but make sure you drink some water. Yeah, you know. But then, but then, too much water—that's bad for you. Too much booze <laughs> is too bad for you. It's all about you know moderation. Yeah. And, you know, and, I, I, and you can have what you want. This is as long as you're not. You know, as long as you're not in a bed of Cheetos every single day. <laughs> I think we put too much pressure on ourselves, you know? Yeah. We are, it's a miracle that we're alive. Like Ricky Gervais said, you know, we are alive. And isn't that amazing? Yeah. That mm. we, we exist and we're aware that we exist. And it's, I, and I say that to myself as well as anyone listening. I always try to remind myself, I'm like, I'm fucking here. And that's not a bad thing, you know? I think I don't know why I've gone on this tangent now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but we're, that's it. We we're, we're here and we can experience stuff. You know, yeah. so many people don't get that opportunity. So I think no, that's no. yeah. We have to sort of. Uh, it's a very base thing to sort of think about. You know, we're alive, yeah. but yeah, I guess it's sort of not taking that for granted, yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. And, and and yeah, and making sure that we take the most, make the most of the opportunities that yeah, that we get. like little things like you know, I mean, in the second lockdown. 
I'd sort of split up with my with my ex partner, and that was sad. And, and I remember walking off. I'd, I'd take myself for a walk through the Olympic Park where I live in East London, and then out through Victoria Hackneywick, out through Victoria Park, and I'd just get a coffee and I'd just walk around music on. And I was feeling sad, and you know, I was like, oh, I, you know, I loved her, and blah blah blah, and all the world is on fire, and what am I going to do with a career? And this and the And I just thought, well, at least I'm able to walk around a park with a coffee in my hand. Yeah, there are people that. You know they're in they're in such dire straits that they're having to climb on a dinghy and try and get yeah. to another country, another country that's going to try and torpedo them out of the water. And when you think about that, you're like, oh shit, yeah, I should be. It's difficult when you're skin and you and whatever else is happening and you're heartbroken or whatever. But to, you know, you're. I had I was privileged enough to be able to do that walk every day if I wanted to. Yeah. And I think that's what we need to remember, you know, when you're walking your dog, you know, don't don't think, oh, God, I've got to go home and feed the kids and all that sort of shit, which is hard work. I know it is, but you've got to go, well, at least I'm able to walk my dog. At mm. least I'm able to, I can have oat milk instead of normal milk. And <laughs> yeah. I have choices. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it, yeah. It sounds great. I know it's basic, and but I think we need to focus on what we do have rather than what we don't. Completely yeah. agree. If we can, if we can. No, I completely agree. And I also am a big fan of oat milk, so I'm glad you said that. Big, big shout out to the <laughs> oat milk well, people. I'm, I'm 50 in two weeks' time, so I have to, I've had to make some choices. <laughs> <laughs> oat milk is the best choice you'll make. Oat milk is yeah. the best choice. Anyone can, oh, I love it. Um, <laughs> I, had to, I love cheese, but I've had to not... Look, I've gone veggie, and yeah. I've had to have sort you? of... Yeah, only, be, only because... I don't know. You know, your body changes and you yeah. can't... You have issues with with uh, pooing. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> How are you finding it? How are you finding being veggie? What pooing or uh, the, uh, <laughs> this is uh, going to go? This is going to a very different direction. <laughs> better because the oat milk. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm actually. Do you know what? I don't actually miss meat. I don't miss it. Yeah. And and I and I think because as well, I'm not like. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a fan of animals being killed, and the more someone told me that pigs uh, sing lullabies to their to their piglets. Oh, oh God, I didn't know that. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I know. Oh, I think, I was, do you know what? Oh. I had a BLT this morning as well. <laughs> <laughs> and they told me it was. Oh, and she told me, and I went, "Why have you told me that?" Oh. Because I just need someone else to know. Oh, <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, apparently they sing lullabies to their piglets. That's and the last BLT I have. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, oh. I haven't gone, oh, I'll never eat no, meat no. again. You know, if I fancy it, I'll have it. But Yeah. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I just feel, I just feel, I feel better from, for doing it. You know, yeah. I'm eating, I'm, now I'm, I am actually eating more fruit and veg rather than just grabbing a sausage roll when I'm on the road or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's just little it's, things like that. It's hard, though. If you're if you're gigging every night and you're on the motorway service stations, famously don't have great fruit and veg selections. So it is, no. it's not it's not easy to keep that up. Although there are a few with the Marks and Spencers now, so you can... Oh, yeah. yeah. Beaconsfield. Well, Beacon, yeah, Beaconsfield's a good one. but yeah. Beaconsfield is a good one. Yeah. Uh, Newport Pagnall, very good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> T-Bay is the best one. T-Bay, yes, yeah, yeah. But it's got like a farm shop, <laughs> yeah. and so it's got this, all this weird and wonderful stuff. But, yeah, you're right. You, what you have to do is plan ahead. So if anyone's on the road, uh, what you need to do, if you find a Marks and Spencers on the way to your gig, 
make sure you get some stuff on the way back because otherwise you're yeah. going to stop at the services. Nothing's open. Yeah. You're going to end up with a bag of buttons and a, and a pasty from the, and, you know, and a, and a, and a, and a fruit shoot. And that's, <laughs> you know, it's not good at two o'clock in the morning. I did, I, I did a few gigs with the guy called, I think it was Don Tran. I think it was, I don't know if he's still going. Oh, yeah, Is he still, yeah. he's still going. Um, and he used to bring packed uh, sandwiches in a, in a packed lunchbox. And oh, uh, that was Classic. honestly life-changing for me. I was like, oh, I've got of course. What, yeah. Cheap, he- healthier. Just, oh, I thought yeah. that was, yeah. A little bit of organisation. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. But famously, you know, creatives are the most unorganised human <laughs> yeah. beings. Yeah. Also, <laughs> I should imagine that's a great amusement to the other comedians in the green room when someone gets their packed lunch out. <laughs> <laughs> Flask of soup. Yeah. <laughs> it used to be rails of cocaine in the night. Yeah. Now it's rails of cup of soup. He's got cucumber sandwiches in a, in a, in a cup of soup. Yeah. <laughs> There's a comedian. He's, uh, he's back in Australia now. Mickey D. Mickey D. Was he's one? He's a brilliantly funny man. When I met him, first time I met him, I just got this phone call. I'd never met him before. And he, we were driving to this gig in Bath. I was brand new, and he rings me and he went, "Rich, we're going to Bath. I'm bringing sandwiches. What do you want?" I went, "Oh no, I'll be all right. I'll be all right." He went, "No, no, I'll see you." Blah blah blah. So anyway, he gets in the car. He's brought a hamper. <laughs> it was it had everything in it. And it was, just everything, and it was one of those journeys where. There was an accident on the M4, and then there was oh. an accident coming off a bath, oh, and we actually walked down to have a look, see what was going on. And one of the cars was in the trees, and this other one was like oh, sort Jesus. of down the road. But everyone was all right. But then the guy that his car was in the tree was like, "I can't, I can't find my phone." So then we're looking in the accident for this phone, oh, my God. and just yeah, it was weird. And then and then when, and Mickey was massive then, a big old dude. Who then transformed his life and ended up on that um, that SAS program? What's it called? I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, so he's gone from being this big tubby dude Whoa. with this hamper full of sandwiches <laughs> to then being and doing really well in that show. Like he got pretty far, yeah. and now he runs marathons, always running. And you're like, wow, man. There's just there's always the chance if you want to, if you really yeah. want to, you can you can change yourself. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, bring in sandwiches, man. Why oh, not? Revolutionary. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Rich, tell us a bit about the podcast, because, um, you know, for anyone who's listening who hasn't heard of it, it's an excellent podcast. I mean, they've had some great Thank guests you. on. But what what made you want to start doing it? And you know, obviously, tell us a bit about what it is and what the. I did I did hardcore listings, which is the podcast with Stu Whiffen and Chris Glasson. Yeah. It's on the Distraction Pieces Net Network, which is Scrooby's Pips Network. Um, I did it. I did a gig in Grays in Essex. Uh, it was Lee Hurst's gig then at the theatre, and Stu happened to be in the crowd. Um, it, was, I had a really, it was a really good gig, and then he, he messaged me afterwards and just said, I, I loved what you did. Do you want to come and have a chat? And I just happened to move, I'd moved to Leon C at that point, so with my, my now ex partner. So he was just up the road, and I went, Yeah, I'll go and do that. So I went and did hardcore listings, and uh, I can't remember. Oh, we did top five bad guys, I think, yeah, movie bad guys. Nice. And, um, 
Yeah. And so we're talking about that. And then, and then afterwards, there's a guy called Brad Acton that used to work on the podcast. And he said, look, I, re- I think you should do one, Rich. I think you could be, I think you'd do all right. So he and I sort of chucked some ideas around and then nothing really came of that. And then uh, my ex-partner then started doing the continuity on MTV. And her producer, she said, oh, my producer's looking to do stuff. You want to do a podcast? Why don't you speak to him? So I spoke to him and then he, I, I, I said to him what I want to do. I, never, I didn't think it was going to be a mental health podcast. It just kind of happened. Mm. I was sitting on my bed one day and I'm like, what can I call it? What can I call it? And I remember when I, insane in the, mem, in the membrane with a Cypress Hill lyric. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember mishearing it thinking it was membrane. And I went, oh yeah, insane in the membrane. Oh yeah, men talking about stuff. Oh yeah, I'm going to do that. And it kind of just fell out of my head. And then it, you know, and then I'd been lucky enough to have built a good reputation with a lot of comics on the mm. circuit. And when I started to start, I said to them, like, could you want to come on this podcast? And they all said, yeah, which was amazing. Everyone, that's the thing. I'm so scared to ask people coming on my podcast, but everyone says, yeah. And I'm like, I know, oh, cool. I'm, yeah. That's that's cool, I, Cause yeah. I do a lot of our, obviously, um, book our guests and yeah, it's, it is frightening asking people to come <laughs> yeah. on, especially as people like you really, admire and like you know yeah um, but this is it and it's you know like yourself like you know i see your output online and and and, and you know all the followers and all this and the other and i'm like oh well, oh, yeah okay yeah i'd love yeah i'd love him to come on and just do you know what i mean and it it's i'm still scared to ask i don't know why i don't know why it's, it's like an element Great. of sort of putting yourself out there a little bit which is weird considering what we all do and you'd think yeah, but as you said earlier, sort of, I think a lot of performers are actually more naturally shy than people realise. Yeah, but people like being asked. People like being asked stuff. That's, this is it. And when you look back, I look back on now who I've who I've had on. Mind blowing. Yeah. The people mm. I've had on, like Heston and Giles, and I um, uh, just loads. Romish has been on, and and Stuart, Stuart Wolfenden from Dead Man's Shoes, and just you know Jenny from the Quiz. It's just been it's amazing. Yeah. And, and you forget, like if you ask, they can either say yes or no. They're not going to hate you. Yeah. They're not going to oh, this. Dead. Yeah. What's the worst? Gonna, go, the worst I'll do is say I can't or not for yeah, me. It's not for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's literally <laughs> it. Yeah. I know it's mad, isn't it? That's literally yeah. Well, and I'd say obviously like podcasts like yours and we try to create the same thing here is an opportunity for people to be honest and talk yeah. about yeah. their experiences and you know obviously yours is you know we talked about all sorts when i came on but it was you know we talk about mental health which is was, is vital you know and if that if people can if for some people that might be the only time they get to maybe talk about it you know if they've not had the opportunity to talk to any any professionals as in in yeah. is, uh, um, you know, I think like we, Jim and I was say this is our like little therapy session every week. And yeah. yeah, it's great. It's great to be able to have that. And I think it's really important yeah. what you're doing. I think it's really great. Thanks, mate. But it's, it's this thing where people forget or people seem to think that to talk about mental health is you just sit there talking about mental health. You talk yeah. about your, you, know, you just talk about your troubles. But what people don't realize is that actually sitting down and having a conversation with another human being is all part of taking care of your mental health. Yeah. So yeah. that's why I say like my podcast is like mental health is a jumping off point. And we've talked about all sorts. We talked about you know, people that have tried to commit suicide. We've talked about people with eating disorders and all, all manner of stuff. But the bottom line is having a conversation with another human being about something or anything is all part of taking care of yourself. Yeah. It's all part of it. I'll come away from this conversation. Going, oh, I'm glad I did that. I'm glad I spoke to the lads. Yeah. You know, I'm glad. 
and and this is what you go know, people people listening to these podcasts then don't feel so alone because they'll hear someone like us talking about maybe something we've gone through and then they'll go oh that's what I've been through oh mm. good I don't feel so alone now I've I've been someone again it's that thing of being wanting to belong yeah, yeah. knowing that you're not a, you're not the only one that's experienced this thing so you know we I've had people message me saying you saved my marriage you saved my life oh wow well, that's kind you, of him. you've changed things and you go oh my god I'm just a bloke from Orpington <laughs> just chatting to other people but that alone has changed lives and I will never ever take that for granted and mm. I will never I would always be humbled humbled by that you know and that's that's why and that's why I, do, I love it I love people that's why I like making them laugh I love doing the podcast because I want people to realize that they're not alone and we all fuck up and we're not all perfect we're all you know you're a bit of a dickhead sometimes you're a bit of a legend sometimes <laughs> you know as long as you're not a dickhead all the time yeah you know we just got to you know we're not all perfect and so you're gonna be a bit. You're gonna be a bit shit sometimes. Yeah. You've got to accept that, you know, and try not to be. It's like bad gigs. Try and keep the gaps between the bad gigs as long get, get them as long as <laughs> as big as possible. Yeah. yeah. And the moments about you being shit as well. Try to be less shit <laughs> if you yeah. can. If you can do it, if you can, if you can manage it, try to be less shit. <laughs> what came into my head when you was, when you were saying legend dickhead was the the analogy of going up and plateauing. I was thinking legend dickhead. dickhead. <laughs> it's like a dance. It's the same thing. And you'll only go. You'll never get off the ground if you're if you are a fundamentally a proper dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. You know. That's it's. You know. And that's the thing. When I've said it, I won't say the c word, but it's the yeah. c word. Yeah. Is because you know some people do star that. Yeah, and they don't realize. They don't think. They don't. They don't even know that they're that because they are that. <laughs> you know, they're just yeah. they're that bad. But most of us aren't that. We can be a bit that sometimes. Yeah. But most of the time, most of the time, we're all pretty cool. You yeah. know, and I think we should give ourselves a bit more of a break. You yeah. Know? You might have fucked up in the past. Just don't try. Just be aware of that potential within you, and try not to tap into that too much. You know, try and focus on the good bits, which is hard. Yeah, it's so yeah, hard. It is. Yeah, yeah. But like, like, but like, you know, you, we we see it on social media as well. There's the nuance. You know, we are nuanced people. Yeah. You know, people are nuanced. It's not just you're not just a dickhead or or legend. No, yeah, you yeah. know, there's there's stuff in between. So I think yeah, we just yeah, need yeah. to be aware of that a little bit more sometimes. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, and we'll be all right. We're going to be fine if we stop. If we stop. If we just ignore so or take social media for what it is, it's a bit of fun. It's a bit of a toy. If we just, if we just keep try and focus on the fact that it's that and not take it so seriously, mm. and not try and pile on and use it to to download all of our anger onto some poor poor bastard that's fucked up yeah. one day, you know. And and I think just try to focus on you know, the people around you, your loved ones and things like that, which sounds so cheesy, I know. But you'll feel so much better if you if you, you know, talk to people like we're doing now. Yeah. Rather than slagging people off online. I think and I say that as someone who struggles with reaching out. I'm so bad at it. I go weeks without talking to someone, like properly talking to someone, you know, and then they'll go, Are you all right? I go, No, I've been a bit of a mess. They go, mm. well, why aren't you saying yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't want to bother you with it. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this now. <laughs> no, no, but this, yeah, it's a hard thing though. I think you know, reaching out to people, I think it is really hard because yeah. 
I don't know about you because I mean I'm a few years younger than you, but it, again, it was sort of not something that was ever kind of encouraged. Yeah, in, no. in, as a, you know, as a as a younger person, um, no, it was kind we of were, like we were, just you know yeah. crack on. Um, yeah, you'll figure it out, kind of thing. I, li- I had a conversation with a mate of mine yesterday, last night, on the way I was going out, and he, and he phoned up, and he just, he, he, you know, he's forty-five, and he was just saying, "Rich, he goes, I'm, I've just really struggled with my dyslexia and this and that, and he goes, and I don't know what to do, and and now he, because he's always been told, just figure it out, you know, and, and mm. now he, he was so ashamed of his dyslexia. He didn't know. He, he just he, he just didn't know what to do. And now he's like, he's you know, he's able to reach out and tell people at work, I can't read the emails you send me because oh, they're man. all jumbled and I can't. Mm. So now, so that's a beautiful thing that's happening now. We are able to turn around and go, I'm this is happening to me. I need help. Whereas when we were growing up, it was like, yeah, well, don't be daft, yeah. you know. Like Ricky Grover said, there was no such thing as dyslexia. You were just a dozy bastard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yet most people, most people are not dickheads and will be receptive and helpful and will want to help with that and will want to make the person feel comfortable and make their life, you know, I mean, very, I, I really think there's a very, very slim chance and be like, rude about it or not helpful. Most people would want to help. Absolutely. Yeah. I had, there was recently, there was something that was really bothering me and I let it build up and build up for a year, a whole year. Then I was at a gig and my mate was there, John, and John... I just happened to, I went, you know right? And he went, you're all right, mate. I went, oh, well, yeah, I'm all right. It's just this thing. And he went, well, why don't you tell me? I went, oh, I just, I don't know, mate. I don't know. He went, right. And it was to do with my car. And it, it's a, it, just, it became a bigger thing than it had to be. And suddenly he went, right, give me the give me the keys. And he took the key. And then he's found out all these things. The thing that was wrong with it isn't something I've got to pay for. It was something to do with the design. It's been recalled. It's this thing. And I let that sit for a year. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Yeah, because yeah, I because I'm still paying for it. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna end up paying for a car yeah. that doesn't work. I yeah, do. yeah. And he went, just he goes, why don't you say? I'm like, oh. So yeah, for what for someone that tells everyone to reach out, I'm the fucking worst. <laughs> oh, well, it's difficult. Well, we're all the same. I mean, you know, Giles and I talk about it a lot on this podcast, but we're all exactly the same. But you, you, very rarely, when you do reach out and ask him, like, actually, I, never for me. Has it never been a positive experience? People always want to help, or or, or if they can't, yep. find a way. Like people can't always help immediately, but yeah, you know, even just the act of telling someone, people, even if someone goes, ah, oh, that is re- that is really <laughs> shit, mate. I'm sorry you're going through that. That is awful. That in itself is a helpful uh, interaction. Mm. You will always be surprised. I'm always surprised every time I've done it. I'm always surprised at the response I get. Yeah, I, I did like Giles has done. I do it as well every now and again. Again, I will just drop someone a message and go, just seeing if you're all right, mate. Saw your post. I hope you're cool. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, yeah, thanks, mate. Yeah, I'm all right. And we have a bit of back and forth mm. like that. And and that's inspired by Giles. You know, Giles, that 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 positivity, that, that positive thing that you're that you're pushing out there really is making a difference. You know, it's 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 making me be more positive towards people. And and I think we just have to keep doing that yeah keep keep being positive keep being there for each other pushing ourselves to reach out you know yeah and it's just trying to be better i don't know i don't know it's hard isn't it it's fucking it's hard, hard. Skin, it's fucking hard <laughs> exactly it's okay to say that it's okay to say that because it is well thank you that's very kind of you to say um my pleasure yeah. it's true it's true yeah. no i really appreciate that um like i can't i'm very bad at taking compliments um 
old school. Yeah, I'm old school. Um, Rich, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you today. Oh, really, yeah, really thank, you so much. thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much for having me. I, really, I was really looking forward to this. I hope I've done you. Oh, no, it's, it's been brilliant. brilliant. Man. Thank you really, so really much. Brilliant. Yeah, really appreciate you. it. Nice one, boys. Thank you very much. go rich wilson on the blank podcast what an absolute legend could have spoken to him for hours obviously he had to get off to a gig in sheffield and we don't want to make him late for that gig um but yeah top man some great advice really for any anyone really depending on whatever work or industry you're in um and yeah just a a very pleasant and enjoyable chat with a with a top 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 guy and as we say it's all very much in our wheelhouse do go and listen to his podcast as well insane in the membrane as well um i'd imagine probably a lot of crossover with our listeners actually and a lot of our listeners hopefully already do but if you don't do check it out because it's a fantastic podcast yeah yeah brilliant and it's funny we talked about conversations near the end of our conversation with rich didn't we and how important they are to have and actually how yeah, how vital they've been in in recent years, but how vital they are for our mental health to have, you know, to be talking to people. And Rich sort of mentioned about not finding it easy to reach out sometimes, but yeah, it's such a you know such an important thing for us all to be doing. So, yeah, if you're someone who's uh, in a difficult place at the moment, finding things challenging, do try and reach out if you can um to anyone near near you or even as just a stranger um if you're finding things difficult because it's so important to do that um yeah and it was just a great chat anyway it was great and we uh, one of the things we said at the end wasn't it um about you're either a dickhead or a legend <laughs> and uh um and you can be both sometimes but yeah. um i would say rich is definitely on the legend hundred percent absolute bona fide legend uh and yeah i very much resonated with what you're saying at the end there mm. of the podcast as well it is hard to reach out and you're not always you know you're not you're not always a legend you will be, you, sometimes you're not and that's fine we are complicated beings we are um but it was uh it was very nice hearing rich say that as well mm. so just a lovely guy we wish him all the best on his journey yeah. to sheffield and in general as well and i hope to see him around on the circuit at some point mm. as well because uh, he's one of the one of the good guys of the, the comedy circuit yeah um if you fancy getting in contact with us, you know, I should say as well, if you fancy reaching out, we are here on Twitter as well. You know, Giles, I know you are brilliant on your Twitter as well, but Blank Pod as well. If you fancy reaching out and saying hello, letting us know what you're getting up to, letting us know what episodes you've enjoyed, any bits that particularly um, stand out for you. So our Twitter account is... At Blank Pod. And we're also on Instagram and Facebook, and it's the exact same handle. At Blank Pod. So we Simples. would love to hear from you. Indeed. And that's why we read out tweets at the start of each episode, because we just love hearing from our listeners. We do. And, uh, bits that they enjoy from each episode yeah this is it that's the end end of the podcast i've got nothing else to say i've done my silence uh that's part of life it's part of this podcast yeah i haven't Um, got any admin uh i mean just generally go and buy my books uh, buy Giles' books but I'll, I'll listen to our, our, our book is oh now available on, on audio we're terrible aren't we yeah, yeah you can now listen to the blank uh, book why it's fine to fall and fail and how to pick yourself up again as an audio book uh, we, we've had it come out with Belinda who are an audio book company and uh, yeah. yeah you can get it I assume on Audible and all the other kind of places that you can get books from 
And we, I assume so. I don't know. I assume so. It's out there. Go and search for it. Belinda, B-O-L-I-N-D-A, yeah. are the company that, that made it. So go and, go and have a look on there. And, uh, and it's and, you and, and I reading it as well. We are reading it. Yeah. Read, read by the host, as it says on the, yeah. uh, on, on the, uh, the promo images. Mm. Um, so you get to hear, which I think makes sense, doesn't it? Because it's our book. So you get to hear yeah. us sort of say our own words and stuff. So hopefully that. Yeah. It's an extension of the podcast. So if you enjoy the podcast, you should in theory hopefully enjoy that as well. So do go and look for it. Yeah, and us doing impersonations of the guests that are quoted as well. <laughs> did you? If only. Oh, did oh, you not did do that? Do, oh, that's... No, I'd, oh, oh, no. What, they didn't get you well, to do that? They never told me. Your bit of the book is a lot more interesting oh, than mine. <laughs> Fast what? forward through my bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I'm joking. you have to download it. Oh, you have yeah. to download it to find out if Giles is joking or not. But no, they, they wouldn't. They no, wouldn't I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. That's a cool... Because <laughs> some people would be really disappointed. Well, but also like the book, I like the book, it's all paraphrased anyway. Yeah. So um, it's weave, woven, weaven, woven in to... Uh, to the to the the pros yeah anyway it's been a we should probably promote show. that again shouldn't we earlier on in the podcast next week we'll promote it in the yeah song. well we'll do a proper promotion this is just a sort of off the cuff Either. promotion yes but everything we do is off the cuff yeah that's that's maybe we should do. start doing stuff on the cuff and then people uh, might continue respect to us more <laughs> <laughs> right thank you yes thank Charles. you thank you everyone for listening uh, oh, thank you to our patrons as well. Oh, yeah. mentioned the patron. There'll be some extra now, stuff for them. Off. There's extra stuff on Patreon. Patreon.com slash blank podcast. Um, so please do check that out. But that's it. Yeah. Wow, we're bad at promo. Yeah. Take care, everybody. Goodbye. Thank you.